Panos, Troy Malcolm, John McGrath. Troy, did you notice how I brought you in as number two on this podcast? I, I said am number two. Did you no, notice that? Start me. They're teasing me already, <laughs> listeners. They're teasing me already. But I, I was going to say the very sort of svelte, low-key approach. But that's, of course, because we're in a new room today. We're in another third place. Yeah. And you, I think you're just uh, trimming the tone and the volume to... To uh, well, adjust accordingly, is look, that right? You, you, John, you've got to read, read the plate. It's funny you say that because I actually, if I'm auctioning on a Saturday, what I'll do is if auction means that you've got to be inside a room, that's a smaller intimate room, you actually do it subconsciously. You sit there and you actually adjust to the room that you're in versus being outside, you know, on a, you know, a bright sunny day where there's, you know, a hundred people around there. Well, you've got to be a chameleon, don't you, inside? Yeah. I want to say chameleon. That's not artificial, but... Well, it's a word that Rick Soraya used, I think, at one of our conferences. Yeah, the, yeah. the boot camp. You've got to adjust. In fact, Troy and I were just having a coaching session with one of our agents from Melbourne who flew up and t- for the coaching session. And, and we were talking about... I, I, I told him that one of the greatest activities I ever undertook was when the REI New South Wales did a, an auction three-day course, and I was 19, 20, just in real estate. And, uh, you know, I signed up for it because I signed up for anything. I would have signed up for yeah. the opening of an envelope in those days if it had to do with real estate. And, uh, and so I went to this course, and on day one, at lunchtime, they took us outside. It was at the Masonic Centre, just in Pitt Street yeah. in Sydney. And they took us outside, and at lunchtime on the corner of Goulburn and Pitt, yeah. so two of the busiest streets in Sydney, we had to, us novice auctioneers, never done an auction in our lives, we had to project an auction to the buses and the cars. And I was saying to Anthony, the young guy that we were coaching before, I said, it was one of the greatest activities or experiences I've ever done in real estate because here I am, this little shy real estate guy that was trying to learn auctioning, and then the next minute I'm out and these buses roaring past, not only buses roaring past from a sound perspective, but then they're stopping in front of you and people are staring out the window. So you had to overcome your inhibitions. And in, in sales, which was kind of the point of the you know, saying the message to Anthony or the story, in sales, you've got to be able to break through that inhibition of, I'm not good enough, I'm not confident enough, I couldn't do that, and you've actually got to put yourself out there. And the interesting thing, Tom, is you know, once you've, once you've put yourself out there, you don't really ever come back. Yeah. So if you break through from that inhibition and, and sort of, you know, fear or shyness that you often have, as, as I don't know where people get it, they get it from their childhood often, and you, you develop this confidence, and sales is about confidence. It's a big yeah. part of what we do. So, yeah, I think it was kind of really appropriate. It's intoxicating. Like, calling auctions on a weekend, there's nothing I look forward to more than on a Saturday morning, 9am, first auction, yeah. going all the way through to a 4.30 auction. I, I think that's the most fun yeah. you could ever have on a Saturday. True. But, Troy, when, when you think back and um, you look back at your first five or ten auctions, right, and you look at <laughs> now, I mean, the, 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 I think the point that, you know, John's making, and I don't know who had said it, is the mind once stretched never returns to its original Correct. state. Yeah. You, you, you have this incredible ability, what you thought was not possible, then you can do it, and you feel like a winner that you've done it, and it, it, it's, it seems to give auction, oxygen into self-belief. But I think, you know, ultimately, I think one of the things that come out of the podcast that we listen to is we hope that we give people um, the ammunition, the energy, the beliefs, call it what you like, to actually uh, be better than what they are at the moment. Because I think some people do undersell themselves. There's a small group of people that actually believe that they're significantly better than what they are. Mm. But overall, the majority of the people... Um, underestimate their potential. Underest- yeah. 
Yeah, and and you know, so a practical tip of the day, because this is what we were saying to our young guy from Melbourne, you know, if you have an auction and you're in real estate, you should auction. Mm. Um, whether you actually ever do a real live auction is kind of less important than go and learn the art of auctioneering because it's nothing like knowing what's going through the auctioneer's mind. Yeah. There's nothing like building up some confidence because then once, and I don't know if I've told you this, Troy, but once I actually, there were two things I did after I'd learned you know, the kind of auctioneering process is I then went to the beach because another great auctioneer told me auction into the surf because it's one of the most intimidating environments because it's huge and with the waves rolling in, it's kind of coming in against you. So to project your voice, it was, you know, sort of auctioning into the surf was a great thing. And the other thing was auctioning into trees or a forest or whatever. You it's the same sort of thing. What are you laughing <laughs> no, at? No, you taught me, John actually taught me to auction into the surf. I but didn't know that. I when I was very young, I, was, I took it quite literal, so I went into the water. <laughs> I was getting hit by waves and trying to call me. <laughs> Troy, did you do that? I, I love did. that. I did. I like I that. He's taken it word for word. He's taken it for word for word. He's rushed out of the training room <laughs> there. His at, feet, uh, he's calling it and he's gone in there. I did. I honestly was down that's at my so dad, like where mum and dad are on the northern beaches, and I did exactly a, that. Well, I think that's a that's a great tip, but anyone sitting there, like to me, I'm thinking to myself, you know what? That is a little bit. Uh, Full on, on your own, <laughs> having water come there. I mean, you've gone all the way, I've but Troy. I've gone all the way. I was too waist tight anyway. Yeah, but yeah, I started yeah. thinking after so the So for clarity, standing on the beach, <laughs> in the sand, at the water's edge, auctioning into the rolling waves, because it is an interesting environment. And I did find that it, it was a great challenge. Mm. Uh, but the point of that and the Pitt and Goulburn Street incident, uh, or whatever you do, is if you go beyond you know, what is normal environment, you get better. And I remember, uh, Tom, you'd remember a few years ago, someone, I think it was, was it Chip Eichelberger uh, or Tom, Tommy Ferry talked about the hurdler, the Olympic hurdler, the Australian Olympic hurdler won the gold, Troy. You all remember Sally. that? Sally. Sally. Is it Sally? I think it was Sally. Sally. Yes. Anyway, the story yeah. was great. Yeah. And from memory, he said she auctioned, sorry, she auctioned, she, she hurdles over 13 hurdles. Correct. But yeah, in the race, there's yeah. only 12. But it was kind of because she used to get to the last hurdle and she was just staggering for the line. So her coach said, we need you hitting hard over 13. Yeah. So it's all about taking yourself to the next level in real estate. And you know, we were having an interesting conversation before, Tom, about the whole real estate industry. And to, to state what for some may be the obvious, but for most I don't think it is, this is an industry that not only is one of the most fun things I'm sure we all agree to do, when you get it right, because it can actually be very stressful when you don't get it right. Um, but this is also a license to print money over and above many other professions that take 20, 30 years yeah. to actually perfect. You know, if you want to become a neurosurgeon yeah. or a um, special counsel, Queen's counsel, that's like a 20 year apprenticeship, 30 years in some instances, to earn what an agent, I mean, Brian Whiteman, we were talking about before, yeah. did one and a half million in his first year of real estate. So. This is really an industry worth being grateful for being in, recognising the opportunity. Uh, I was looking the other day, Tom, McDonald's. To open a McDonald's store now, it's over $2 million. The average McDonald's store for the franchisee makes less than 200000 $2 million investment, a lot of work, a lot of burgers, a lot of fries, a lot of expenses, a lot of staff to make $200,000 profit. In real estate, in many of our listeners would know, in many markets of Australia, the, the opportunity for an average agent is to make more than that with very little risk, very little outlay, just turning up, being a good prospector. You start getting very good at that stuff, that 200000 becomes seven figures. 
So I think it's worthwhile just restating that this is a really, this is a great business, not just a great job. This is a great business so John, to be let's, in. Let's use a case study, um, Taney Jane. Taney Jane was on $60,000 a year selling Telstra mobile plans till 24 months ago. Door to door. Door to door. So Taney Jane, I only know this because we were talking again. I talk to him every two days now. I've just got an arrangement with him and we chat. He set at Million Dollar Agent Bootcamp, John, he set a goal to do 100 listings from February 15 to May 15. Mm-hmm. He's at 62. He's got 38 to go, right? So he's got 38 to go in about 43 days. He actually said it's a bit like a cricket match now. He goes, oh, he's ahead. I'm, 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 you know, I'm, I'm ahead. <laughs> he's right? run rates. And he loves cricket. He loves, he told me, his favourite player is Sachin. But he's a, he, last year, John and Troy, he would have earned, um, assuming a 60-40 split, he would have earned after his PAs, which he's only really had one for most of it, um, um, $500,000 a year. Yeah. Half a million dollars a million. You think he wrote about a million dollars, right? Yeah. And we've sat here... Um, talking second year about in the industry. Second year, two years, two years in the industry. John, we've sat here talk, talking about what is it that, you know, a pharmacist, what is it that an uh, optometrist, a cafe owner, a school teacher, a policeman earn? We lose perspective in real estate, the fact that you can make an incredible income, you don't have to pay exorbitant rents, um, you've got to do three or four things and got to do them really well, do them consistently. Um, but I think real estate's the highest paid hard work and it's the lowest paid easy work. You know, yeah. Tom Hopkins once summed it up that way. Um, John, why don't you think more people don't embrace it? Is Why isn't there more people doing so well? Because the, the group is small at the top. I think it's like life, Tom. It's a bell curve that most people don't have a real conviction or belief in their ability to do the sort of things we're talking about, which is why I love Million Dollar Agent, I love podcasts, I love Eric, I love your real estate gym, because we're exposing people to ordinary people doing extraordinary things. We just mentioned one of them being Brian Whiteman that I think you're going to interview at some yeah, point and put him yeah. on your uh, your podcast or your... Uh, he's, so, John, he's ex-motorcycle yeah, Suzuki, bike shop. He used to have Suzuki dealership. Yeah. And he got into real estate and he just figured, I'll, I'll go and work for Matt Stein, Steinway, Matt's best in the business. He said to Matt, what should I do to become the best? And Matt gave him a little list of things he should do. And he said, okay, well, I just went and did them. As simple as that. And, and, and Brian would be the first to tell you, I don't think he's got any more natural ability than anyone I've met but it's about process and application which comes back to your question is in this industry you come to Eric you listen to your real estate gyms you know you, you come to the million dollar boot camp there's so many different ways you can actually understand what success looks like and people you can speak to it's the execution the application and the consistency that, that pulls people up because a lot of people get excited. I'm going to prospect. I just went to Eric and I went to the MDA boot camp. And they get out there and they do it for a week. And then all of a sudden, they get a bit of rejection. And they get busy. Or they pick up a few listings. So they think, oh, I don't have to do it anymore. You know, the people that are consistently doing what it takes um, are the people that are winning all the time. And a lot of the best agents that you and I and Troy meet on our travels, they are less talented than the people that are doing a fifth of what they're doing. But they, they are consistent. So I think, you know, this is a very teachable, learnable business. This is a business you can get into with no money. If you want to buy McDonald's, you've got to put at least $2 million down. You want to start a cafe that's three or $400,000. You want to start in real estate, go and get your certificate and get hungry and get onto YouTube or turn up at ARIC and do some stuff. 
It's not, it's a very very easy industry to get into, but as you said, it, you know, it needs effort to get to the top. But gee, the rewards are there, aren't they? So there was a great post, John and Troy, about four months ago, mm. that said uh, ten qualities um, that don't require talent in real estate, um, and I'll bring up some of those things: presentation, mm-hmm. attitude, punctuality, punctuality, energy, yeah, uh, listening. Cost zero. So the point was yeah. they cost nothing, yeah. but they reward you big time. Yeah. If you're in the manufacturing space, you've got to go out there and invest in equipment and then people to run the equipment. In real estate, you've just got to be a good listener, a problem solver, proactive, pick up the phone, uh, like people, build up some product knowledge, all of which, to your point, Tom, is free. What's up, John, what's the one skill that you'd say, this is all the plus side, but if you can't get this one thing right, life is going to be really hard in real estate for you. Dealing with rejection. Right. Dealing with rejection. I think it's a skill, and for most people, they kind of intellectually understand it, but they emotionally, when someone says no, or deals fall over, or whatever happens that upsets them, because this is a competitive industry. We've just talked about it. You're going to earn six, even seven figures in this industry with, with very little experience, and very little capital outlay. So of course it's going to be competitive. So if you're and if you're working in a high demand area like we're sitting in the middle of Surrey Hills near News Limited as we speak, you know there are houses here. The average is two and a half, three million dollars. So of course every time someone sells, there's a lot of people that want to sell it because they're getting fifty or sixty thousand dollars for for doing so. So you've got to be on the top of your game. And I think going forward, one of the challenges in the industry is not disintermediation. It's it's that the stakes are getting higher. So the sort of activity and performance an agent that, that earned them a living before, uh, or even better than a living, they may not even survive going forward because there are people out there that are really embracing the sort of things we talk about every week on this podcast, and they're getting it, and they're, they're honing their skills, and they're treating it like a serious career, yeah. not just like a job the old days and as a way to earn some decent money. Okay. Well, uh, John and Troy, I think maybe the thing that comes out of this podcast is sometimes the law of familiarity makes you forget how good it is in our industry. Maybe just to, to refocus and say, hang on a second, what's great about what I, where I'm at at the moment? Maybe you're great because you're, you love your office. Maybe you love the area and the community that you serve. Maybe you're happy because it allows you to have um, freedom to go to your kids' school carnivals. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of the things that we want to remind all our listeners here on Million Dollar Agent Podcast is the fact is that... Um, you've got total control of your destiny in this industry and that's not what you can have a lot. If, if, if you're slaving nine to five in a corporate job, you simply don't have total control of your life. Yeah, that's true. So it's a good reminder as we're in this Easter festive period, Troy, Woo-hoo. that, um, that uh, yeah, yeah, this is something we should I all be I just want to quickly for. remind all our uh, listeners that uh, we've agreed with um, the team at Tread, we're going to have, we're going to release 100 one-day passes to Million Dollar Agent Bootcamp on the day after ARIC. So we're going to have 100 people that are going to be able to, that are at ARIC, they're going to be able to come in to join us. They're going to um, receive an email, um, whoever wants to take it on. Um, So they're going to be able to spend three days with us after ARIC. One day after. Sorry, one day day after ARIC. So it'll be three days in total, two days at ARIC. 
and one day. So how do they do that? So they're going to get an email and it's going to uh, be on my uh, website. Yep. So our, our listeners will go to the website, mdabootcamp.com, mm-hmm. yep. and the information will be up there. It'll be up there. It's 100, only limited to 100. We're going to do 100 because the way that we've got up, set up the room and we want to maximize learning and learning means that we want to have a smaller intimate group yeah it's going to be a combination of accountability of what we did and also a bit of implementation of the eric learnings and thank you to our sponsors of course thank you yes. who are who are just doing some um, amazing stuff looking forward to nigel dalton's presentation at eric as well yeah yeah, yeah. He, he gave he's given a couple of presentations of different things i've been at i know the eric one is going to be a new one that he's developing and I know he's got a very interesting experiential activity that I won't spoil his thunder on. But, uh, yeah, that's going to be good. But uh, thank you to REA for all the support they give the industry, not just us. They're out there and they're, they're supporting you know, franchise groups and big companies, events and training events yeah. and awards nights and things. And it's all appreciated. So we appreciate them giving back more than just having a great website. So yeah, thanks absolutely. to Tracy and the gang. And uh, we'll see them all up at ARIC, of course, which they are also the major sponsor, Absolutely. along with News Limited. News Corp so. and um, REA. So, Troy, I'll see you next week. Next week. John, I'll see you next see week. You guys. See you guys. Bye. Bye.